Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast, a place where we believe you can be equipped to conquer any obstacle in life through the power of God's Word. We have a mission and believe that whatever problem you might be facing, God has a word that can lift you out of your trouble. Now, here's your host, Preston Shuttlesworth. What's up and welcome back to the podcast. Glad you're back for another episode and glad that today I remembered to turn off my fan. (laughs) If you listened to last week's podcast and you heard like a constant low like sound the whole time, that was my fan that was uh, affecting the quality of the podcast. So for that, I apologize, but we're on it this week. I am on it. Um... It's always funny. I, I, I realize I need to stop doing it, but when I do for things with the ministry, I always say like we are, we're going to some place or we're doing something. When really it's just me. <laughs> it's just me in my room, by myself. But uh, it sounds more important, and you sound more official when you use <clears throat> pronouns that include multiple people. It makes it sound like you have a staff, and I don't have a staff. It's just me, and uh, <laughs> so. I'm happy you're here, and it's going to be a great day on the podcast. Um, and today, I want to talk to you guys about praying in the Spirit and really going through the Bible and giving you doctrine about why we pray in the Spirit, what is praying in the Spirit, you know, what are the benefits of praying in the Spirit. Because I think a lot of times, especially if you're like me and, and you grew up uh, Pentecostal, and speaking in tongues is something that happened all the time in church. And, you know, your pastor, when he's preaching, maybe he'll ask the congregation to pray in the spirit or pray in tongues. And it's just something uh, you get used to, but maybe you never really understand why we do that or what that is. And so that's why today I want to take the time to share with you from the Bible doctrinally what is praying in the spirit, why we do it. And also, if you take notes, I'm going to give you some benefits of why we pray in the Spirit, what praying in the Spirit can do for you as a believer. And if you're listening to this today, um, I actually am recording this the day before I'm flying to Texas for the weekend of revival meetings we have planned to do. Not we, I. I am going to Texas. I am going to a place called Grand Prairie, Texas for a, a weekend of revival meetings uh, at a church by the name of Centro Cristiano Renuvio. And I'm sure I butchered that pronunciation because it's a Spanish church and it has a Spanish name, but I believe it means, uh, the center of Christian renewal or Christian renewal center, something like that. And, uh, with pastor Sergio Perez, and it's going to be a great weekend of meetings. And I'm really looking forward to that, but I'm not going to forget about, uh, the podcast listeners out there. So This is why I'm recording the day before I leave. And so let's just jump right into John chapter 7, because in talking about the Spirit, I want to first start with the prophecy. Really, what it is is a prophecy of Jesus in John chapter 7, where he prophesies the coming of the Holy Spirit and what it will do. So let's go to John chapter 7, verse 37, if you want to know where I'm reading from. The Bible says this, On the last day of the feast, verse 37, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me 
and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Now this he said about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For as yet the Spirit had not been given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so from John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39, I read to you the prophecy that Jesus stood up and cried out with a loud voice, where he said that anyone that's thirsty can come to him and drink, that there's a source of living water that will reside within the believer when they receive the Holy Spirit. And so if you're someone that's received the Holy Spirit, because I know the Bible says there that the Spirit had not yet been manifested because Jesus had not yet been glorified. But obviously we know that Jesus went to the cross, died on the cross, resurrected and ascended unto heaven. And so Jesus has been glorified. And not only that, but then in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit fell at Pentecost and the people there were filled with the Holy Ghost and power. And so those things that Jesus prophesied came to pass. And so now, in present day, we are the believers who have received the Spirit. And so now, because of what Jesus said, there's a source of living water that flows out of the belly, the ESV says. Other translations will say heart. Other translations will say your innermost being. That once you receive the Spirit, on the inside of you, now you have a source and a supply of un un unending power, that you have a limitless source because he said it's a stream and it's a river of life. He didn't say that it's a pond. He didn't say it's something that's not moving, but he used the illustration of a river and a stream. And both of those things are bodies of water that have movement within them. And so what Jesus was saying was that the thing that you'll receive will not be a limited source of power or a limited source that lives within you, but it's a living water that's like a river and that's like a stream. And so first thing I want you to understand about answering this question, what is praying in the Holy Ghost and why do we pray in the Holy Ghost? I'll give you this first reason. It's a way to fill yourself up and drink from the Spirit. Now, if you're not someone that's well-versed in Christianese, when I say drink from the Spirit, that might sound odd to you. What does that mean, drink from the Spirit? Basically what it means is that you go and you gain something from the Spirit, that you receive something from the Spirit. You remember the story of the woman at the well that Jesus met? And Jesus gave her an instruction and asked her to fill up uh, a jug of water for him to drink. And when she did so, Jesus asked her the question. He said, do you want to have water that when you drink from it, you'll never thirst again? And the woman got confused and was like, yeah, I want that water. But Jesus wasn't referring to natural earthly water. He was referring to the spirit, the spirit that can dwell within a human being to give them access to this source of life, which is the spirit that's represented by the water. And what do you do with, with water when you partake of it? You drink. And so one of the reasons why we pray in the Holy Ghost is because it's a way to fill yourself up. You know, a lot of reasons why Christians struggle or get burnt out, especially ministers, 
that are doing a lot, you know, and wh- the reason why they have to take six vacations a year and the reason why they have to take six month sabbaticals and they get depressed or, and they have to, you know, give their church away or, you know, they're always believing for someone to uh, rise up and take over their church because they don't have the strength to do it anymore. You know, a lot of the reasons why people get burnt out in the church and especially ministers is because they never go to the source of an unending life and power, which is the spirit, that there's a river of living water that dwells in you. But one thing I want you to understand from this episode is that it's not enough to understand that a river of living water and life dwells within you, but you have to access it on a daily basis. That's why we pray in the Holy Ghost. So answering this question, what is praying in the Holy Ghost and why do we pray in the Holy Ghost is because it's an avenue to an unending supply of power. You know, that's something powerful that you can realize as a Christian and especially in your prayer life because a lot of times people have this mentality that, um, you know, you get filled up and that's it. But no, you fill yourself up so that when you pour yourself out, you have a source that you can go back to to be constantly being filled with the Holy Ghost because the Bible says that you can constantly be being filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, you don't have to, and don't make this mistake because a lot of people do, but a lot of times people will say, yeah, you know, when you ask them, you know, have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? Does the Holy Spirit live within you? They're like, yeah. You know, someone laid hands on me and I spoke in tongues, you know, 15 years ago at, at a youth camp in, you know, Charleston, Maine. I don't know. I, there's some random place. You know, I got filled with the Holy Ghost 15 years ago and that's wonderful. And I'm sure that was a great moment. You know, and they might say, oh yeah, during that moment when someone laid hands on me or however it may have manifested, when I was filled with the Holy Ghost, I began to speak in tongues. I began to cry. I lifted my hands. It was the best moment of my life. And that's wonderful. But then 15 years passes and that's the only experience with being filled with the Holy Ghost that they've had. Understand this today, that not only does the Bible say you should get filled with the Holy Ghost, but there's a continual filling of the Holy Ghost, that you are on, you have a obligation from the Bible to constantly be being filled, that it's a constant filling and refilling and filling and refilling. So that way, especially as a minister, when you pour out from your spirit to minister to other people, you have a source to go back to to get filled up again before you pour yourself out again. So that's number one. You know, a couple of things from John 7 before we go to the next text for today's episode uh, out of John 7 is it's a way to fill yourself up and drink from the spirit to partake of the power and life that's within the spirit. Secondly, it's an avenue to an unending supply of power. And then uh, a third thing that actually I'm going to go to a different text to get to is praying in the Holy Ghost is a way to pray things that maybe you don't have words for. And I'll, I'll give you a scripture for what I mean by that. Because this is one of the best benefits of praying in the Holy Ghost and learning how to pray in the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 8 verse 25 And I'm going to read verse 26 as well. The Bible says this. If we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. 
Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray as we ought to, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings that are too deep for words. And so something I want you to get from Romans 8, 25 and 26 is that praying by the Spirit is a way to pray for things that are too deep for words, things that you can't even vocalize in the English language or whatever language you pray in, that there's something that you can access by your heavenly prayer language and there are things you can target in your prayer life when you pray in the Holy Ghost that otherwise you would not be able to. This is something that I can testify is true in my own life. You know, there are many times when I pray and it seems like after 45 seconds or two minutes of praying in English, it's like you run out of things to pray for, you know, you know, bless mom, bless dad, bless the family, uh, protect me today, you know, you know, and then, you know, you pray in English and you're trying your best, but then after a couple minutes of, you know, praying in English nonstop, it's like you run out of things to say. And then that's when the spirit comes in because it gives you a way to always have something to pray about. Because when you pray in the spirit, it's not just you praying anymore, but it's the spirit praying through you as a vessel. And also, you know, to go back to Romans eight twenty six, you pray for things that are are groanings that are too deep for words. And I can testify that to that as well, that there are many times when, especially if you're a spiritual person, you'll understand where I'm coming from, but you'll get a check in your spirit or you'll get something in your spirit where like something's off or, you know, you feel to pray for a certain individual, but you don't know why, you know, I, I could give you many stories of, you know, um, a mother, you know, I remember my aunt Judy she tells a story of she felt that kind of witness in her spirit to pray for her son, Jonathan. But what she didn't know was that Jonathan was on the road traveling and in his hotel room. And I believe he got violently sick because of food poisoning and it was not good. But my aunt Judy didn't know this, but she felt an, a, you know, a witness in her spirit to pray for her son, Jonathan, but she didn't know what specifically to pray about. And it was like in the middle of the night. So it was a total spirit-led thing. And she says that she, you know, she knelt by her bed as she always did before, you know, when she'd pray. And she just prayed in the spirit because she didn't know exactly what to pray for. You know, you can pray general things like, Lord, protect, you know, Jonathan or, you know, do this so-and-so. And you can pray general things in English. But when there's something in your spirit, a groaning in your spirit that you don't have words for, that's why we have the benefit and the tool of praying in our heavenly language. And when she began to pray, she prayed until she felt the burden of praying for her son leave her. And then I believe the next morning she called Jonathan and got the whole story of how he was violently sick because of food poisoning and that at some point he felt, you know, healing and a breakthrough and that thing leave his body because of the prayers of his mother. And that's just one story. I can give you many stories. But I just want to get this point to your spirit into your spirit that when we pray by the spirit, one of the reasons we do so is because many times in your life, you'll have moments like that. And I know I've had moments like that where you get a check in your spirit. Something's not right. You know, an urge to pray for a specific person or a specific thing. And you don't exactly have the words for it because it's something you don't have a lot of information about. But that's where your heavenly prayer language steps in and gives you the access and a way for the Spirit to pray through you. 
So, uh, if you're right, taking notes, I want you to write this down. That praying in the Holy Ghost or by the Holy Ghost is a way for God to pray through you instead of you praying to God. This is why praying in your heavenly prayer language is a step above because not only is not that prayer is bad in English or whatever language you speak when you pray, but there's a high, higher level of prayer when you pray in the Holy Ghost because no longer are you praying in English and just trying to think of things in your own mind and your own brain of, you know, okay, I know we should pray about finances and health and our unsafe family members and friends and pray for, you know, and you just think of everything good you know how to pray about, and that's great. But there's a higher level of prayer when there's a switch in the spirit from you praying from your own mind of what you think to pray about to God's now praying through you because why? God is the spirit. So when you pray by the spirit, not only is it you praying, but it's your spirit coming into agreement with God's spirit, the Holy Spirit, to pray for things that otherwise you wouldn't even have the ability to pray about. So one reason we pray in the Holy Ghost is that it's a way for God to pray through us instead of us praying to God. It's a second, it's another level. It's a higher dimension. Another reason is it's a prayer. When you pray by the Spirit, those prayers receive what they ask for because they don't pray amiss. It's impossible to pray amiss when you pray by the Spirit because the Holy Spirit is never going to be wrong. When you get in your spirit, your spirit's not going to pray for things that your flesh wants because the Bible says your flesh nature and your spirit nature are at conflict with one another. And so when you pray by the Spirit, you're praying for things that you actually need. You know, you're not going to pray for things that, that God's like, what What in the world did they just pray about? Are they sure they want that? But when you pray by the Spirit, you pray in perfect alignment with the will and the purpose of God that's on your life. You don't pray wrong when you pray by the Spirit. So another benefit and another reason why we pray in the Holy Ghost is that it's a, impossible to pray amiss when you pray by the Spirit. It's also a way to always have something to pray. You know, I went into that. That anytime there's something that arises that you're like confused about or, you know, you just run out of words because, you know, let's, you, you work a long job. You work all day and then you got to think of all these things to pray about. Or maybe life's going good. And, you know, that seems, you know, you don't really have some glaring need in your life of something you need, a, you know, an answer or a miracle from God for. What do you pray about then? That's where the Spirit steps in. And the Spirit guides and directs you on what you should pray about because you're being led by the Spirit that's in you. And uh, I want to go to Jude chapter 1, verse 20, because this is where we're going to get my the next thing we're going to talk about, about praying in the Spirit. It's probably a shorter podcast today. And just I want to give you some basic um, doctrine about why we pray in the Spirit, because it's important, especially when you're young, to understand why we do it. You know, it's very uh, interesting to me that people will do something their whole life and never even understand why they do it. And so that's why I'm doing this episode today because I want you, I don't want you to be ignorant about what God, one of the, one of the greatest things that God has given us as a tool to overcome the devil and to build our faith because this is our next reason. What is praying in the Holy Ghost? It's a way to build your faith. And how do I know that? I know that because of Jude 
chapter 1, verse 20. The Bible says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in the most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to read the verse before that. Uh, verse 18, They said to you, In the last time there will be mockers following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, the key verse, build yourself up in the most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. And so why do we pray in the Holy Ghost? And what is praying in the Holy Ghost? Praying in the Holy Ghost is a way to build your faith. And once again, I can testify to this as being true, that when you get in a, a praying rhythm, I'm not talking about you're just going through the motions of praying in tongues, you know, because you're a Pentecostal, but I'm saying when you really feel that river of living water bubbling up in you and coming up to the surface and leaving your mouth, you know the difference and you can feel faith rise. You know, that's why, you know, one of the things my dad told me as advice for preaching is that make sure that every time you preach that you always pray in the Holy Ghost for at least one hour before you preach. And that's great, great advice. You know, I don't even know if one hour is enough, but when you pray in the Holy Ghost, your faith builds. And when your faith is built, that's when the best preaching is produced. And so obviously this is not something just for ministers or preachers. It's something true for all Christians because everyone needs faith. All believers need faith. Faith is how you access you know, the rewards of God, what God has available for his children. You know, I've taught on that many, many times in these podcast episodes. But you require faith and you build your faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. There's a great pastor by the name of David Youngie Cho. And I believe, I believe he's from South Korea and he has a church in South Korea. And, you know, he might be, I don't know what number he is on the list now, but at least a few years ago, he had the largest uh, Pentecostal church in the world. And one of the things that has been a key principle of his ministry is that he's known as a prayer warrior. And when I say that, I mean this man prays more than he does anything else. And, and he wrote a book about it. I forget what the name of the book is, but he wrote a wonderful book about prayer that you can read. And one of the things he said within that book is that Anytime he was going to preach in a nation that, you know, was heavenly Muslim or heaven or not heavenly, heavily Muslim or um, was a dangerous country or something like that, he would pray more. He said that for countries where the gospel was kind of accepted, like when he would come to America, he might pray for an hour or two before he preached. But when, when you're preaching in like Iran and Pakistan, he said he would pray for like six, seven, eight hours that day that he'd wake up early, early in the morning and pray to prepare his spirit and his faith to be at the level it needed to be for things to happen. You know, when there's a praying church, that's when faith arises to the point where things can happen. You know, any of these like amazing men and women of God that did great things for the kingdom and had these awesome healing crusades and healing revivals and, you know, changed the world. They always talk about prayer being a priority in their life, that they'd pray for hours and hours and hours a day, that, you know, they might preach for 45 minutes an hour, 
but you don't see the eight hours of prayer that they prayed just to preach for that one hour. But now it's the opposite where people will preach for eight hours, but only pray for one hour. And when you do that, you make a mistake because you preach from an empty, you know, tank, if you will, that you're preaching from, you know, you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. You have no faith or energy from the Holy Ghost to do what you're called to do. But when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you build your faith to the point where you can access the things of God. I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and give you a few more uh, things about the Holy Ghost of why we pray in the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. This will probably be the most important text for today's episode because uh, a pretty large portion of 1 Corinthians 14 is about praying in tongues and the gift of tongues and things like that. So let's begin in verse 2 of 1 Corinthians 14. The Bible says this, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So I'm going to keep reading, but one thing I want you to get from verse 5 in 1 Corinthians 14 is, is that Paul's teaching that you don't have to have an interpretation every single time someone speaks in tongues. Because I know a lot of people, the reason why they excuse speaking in tongues from their doctrine is because they believe that if you don't have someone interpreting the tongue, you can't speak in tongues or pray in tongues. But that's not true. Because Paul said, I want all of you to speak in tongues. But if there's not someone to interpret, then prophecy is greater. He's saying prophecy is greater than tongues in that, in that way. Not that you can't pray in tongues if there's no interpretation, just that prophecy is greater if there's no interpretation. That's all he's saying. But anyways, back to verse 6. The Bible says, Now, brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how will I benefit you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching? If even lifeless instruments, such as the flute or the harp, do not give distinct notes, how will anyone know what is being played? And if the bugle gives an indistinct sound, how will anyone get ready for battle? So with yourselves, if with your tongue you utter speech that is not intelligible, how will anyone know what is said? For you will be speaking into the air." There are doubtless many different languages in the world, and none is without meaning. But if I do not know the meaning of the language, I will be a foreigner to the speaker, and a speaker a foreigner to me. So with yourselves, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. Therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he might interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind 
also. So I know that's a lot of verses that I just read, and there's a lot to dive into there. But one of the main takeaways I want you to understand from that is that Paul said that he prays in the Spirit more than anybody else. So it's not something that Paul is like discouraging people from doing. But what he's saying is that praying in the Spirit is for your personal edification and building up. And that prophecy and teaching and, you know, revelation, those things are for the edification and building of the church. That's why, you know, if someone's asked to preach, at least, you know, maybe there will be, there is someone that does this, but if I'm asked to preach, I'm not going to just go on the microphone and pray in tongues for an hour and then dismiss the service because that would be insane. Because though praying in tongues is good and it's something that builds up your spirit, it's not something that will build the body or edify the church. But what does Paul say? He says that not only should you pray in the spirit, but you should pray with your mind or with a language that you understand. And that's why the Bible says that the spirit and the word agree. So I'm not on this podcast today to say, you know, your only prayers should be prayed in tongues and prayed by the spirit. But there's a power the Bible teaches when you accompany praying in English and praying for your mind and by revelation of what you know by the word of God and coupling that with the edification of yourself that comes by praying in tongues and praying by the spirit. So when you pray, here's some advice for praying. Get some scriptures from the word of God of things that line up with what you're believing for. You know, you need healing, get 15 20 scriptures on healing, have them set before you and then pray by the word of God and how you understand by revelation what, you know, the healing promises of our covenant are and then accompany accompany that with praying in tongues and praying by the spirit so that not only do you build up yourself by the spirit, but you build up your mind by praying in something that you understand. That's a very essential key and something you have to understand about the process of how we pray. Because a lot of people, they either do one thing too much or the other thing too much, that they pray too much in the spirit and something that they don't understand. And, you know, their faith gets built up, but then all of that faith is useless because there's no teaching or information or knowledge they have of how to exercise and work their faith. You know, that's a very disappointing And I'm sure discouraging way to live your life, especially your prayer life, that you have all of this faith because you pray in the spirit a lot, but then you have no revelation of how to work that faith because you don't pray by the word of God and you don't pray by revelation of what you know. And so there's a benefit spiritually when you couple and combine the spirit and the word. So I want you to understand that about what is praying in the Holy Ghost. It's not the only way we should pray, and it's not, uh, you know, the only thing that's required of us in our prayer life. Obviously, you can pray, and it has the anointing of God and the Spirit of God on it, even in English, but there's different functions of those two different uh, kinds of praying. And so that's something I want you to understand today. And then... If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down, that praying in the Holy Ghost is a benefit for your spirit and a source of strength for your being. That praying in the Holy Ghost benefits your spirit because the Bible says that we have a spirit, but then God is a spirit. And so there's a connection spirit to spirit. 
So that's a benefit. But then also it's a source of strength for your being, your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect, how you think. All of those things are built up in our prayer life. That's why Paul wrote, in the book of Philippians, that we shouldn't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, we can present our request to God. So a way to expel anxiety and doubt and, and frustration and depression, all of those things that try to attack your mind, instead of, you know, going to, you know, a counselor or getting mental health awareness posts or, you know, whatever people do that are Christians, the Bible says the answer is a meditative prayer life that you pray by the word and you pray by the spirit. So that's something I understand. Praying by the spirit profits your spirit, not your mind. That's something I want you to get because like I said, it's not the only thing that's required of you in a prayer life. You have to have the word that lines up with what you pray by the spirit. And really, I mean, you can, obviously I'm not saying these are the only ways to pray, but a lot of times the mistakes and the things we pray that are amiss and unanswered prayers come when we step outside of how the Bible says to pray. You know, we're just praying out of emotion or praying out of hurt. And I understand that there are, you know, David prayed like that in the Psalms where it was just like a, a emotional you know, hurt place, you know, he'd be going through these battles in life and he'd write a psalm and he'd pray to God. And, and I understand there's moments like that with God, but one way to not have to go through those difficult moments of, you know, having life just kick your behind all the time is you get to a place where you live by the spirit and you pray by the spirit and also according to what God's word says you can have and who God's word says you can be. And you'll eliminate a lot of problems and strife and issues from your life if you learn how to pray effectively just like that from the Word of God. Because a lot of times Christians will get in their emotions and they don't know how to control their emotions. And they're such emotional people that when they pray, they pray out of their soul and they can never connect to the Spirit. But the Spirit is what gives us understanding of what God's going to do, not our soul and our emotions. But we have to align our emotions and our soul with what the Spirit is doing and what the, what the Spirit is saying. So couple praying in the Spirit with praying by the Word, and you'll see an increase dramatically, I promise you, to the answered prayers that you receive in your life. Another thing I want you to you know, get in your spirit and a note maybe to write down is that there's a massive correlation to me between Paul praying in the Spirit more than anyone, which he says he did, and then Paul doing more for the kingdom of God than anyone. You know, th th that to me is a huge key to how Paul was effective in his ministry and how God used Paul. And I understand, you know, it's not like I'm saying Paul's better than anybody, you know, but Paul did a lot. He wrote two thirds of the New Testament. He brought the gospel to many nations of the earth. He flipped the world upside down with, you know, what God used him to do. He was, you know, one of my favorite Bible characters, and I'm sure most people would say that Paul is like in the top three of like people that God used to do the most. And so there's a huge correlation between Paul saying that he prayed in the spirit more than anyone else and then God using him in the way that he did. And so you want to be used, you know, you're a young person, you're on fire, you have a lot of zeal for God, you, ha you know, you know the word, pray in the Holy Ghost, pray 
in the spirit on a daily basis. Why? Because it aligns, you know, your emotions, your will, all of those things that are contrary to the spirit of God. You get those things in line with your spirit by praying. And obviously fasting can increase that as well. But you just get to a place where you're a spirit-led person and not a flesh-led person and not a soulless person. That you tap in to the spirit and all the benefits of the spirit. So that's one reason why I believe that, and I do believe this, I do believe that there will be a revival that shakes America and the world one final time before Jesus returns to his church. And I believe that there's a lot of young people that God's raising up in my generation to be at the forefront of that revival that's coming. But that's only going to come when we get our prayer life right. You know, you can read a very famous book and a very powerful book called Why Revival Tarries by a man uh, by the name of Dr. Leonard Ravenhill. And most of the book is about getting back to prayer as a church. You know, he'd say things like, a sign of spiritual life in a church is the attendance of their weekly prayer meetings. That it's there's something wrong with the church when the attendance uh, for a, uh, let's say... Um, you know, like a Saturday grocery giveaway is 10 times more than a Tuesday night prayer meeting. That the sign for spiritual health and development and on fire Christians is what does their prayer life look like? Why are the prayer meetings sparsely attended, but then these events or conferences that are just about give me, give me, give me, and kind of from a selfish motivation of Christians of just wanting to be fed over and over again, when prayer, the place where you can receive the power of the Spirit to do what you're called to do, no one wants to go to prayer. So that's why I believe that if we want to see revival in our generation, and if we want to see the greatest revival that the world has ever seen before Jesus comes back, it's time as young people and, you know, whatever age might be listening to this podcast right now, to turn back to prayer. You know, there's so many verses that you can go to where prayer changed the course of a nation, where prayer changed the course of what God was going to do. You know, you can think of Abraham and Sodom and Gomorrah, how he prayed and God had mercy on the city because of the prayer of the righteous man. And, you know, many, you know, uh, the prayer of a righteous man availeth much. You know, there's a lot of things that happen when righteous people set their minds to pray. And that's one reason why during this time, a lot of ministries I know are taking this time to pray and to fast and turn back to God for our nation. And that's very, very key. It's the way to turn God's heart to answer the cry of his people. God's not going to answer you if you're not crying out to him and if you're not praying to him. How will God, you know, God already knows your problem, but God's looking for you to turn to him for the solution. You know, everyone's looking for everyone else to, you know, solve the problem. And I understand that who the president is is very, very, very important. And, you know, who our senators are and who's, you know, in leadership over the nation is very important. But there needs to be a time where the church decides and understands that the authority belongs to the church because Jesus Christ is the head of the church and I'm connected to him and that therefore I have the authority 
to see things happen on the earth. You know, Matthew 16, 19, Jesus said, Behold, I give you the keys of the kingdom, that whatever you loose on earth shall be loose in heaven, shall be loosed on earth, and whatever you bind in heaven shall be bound on earth. That Jesus transferred authority to the church so that we could operate in power and dominion while we're here on the earth. There's no reason to feel like the enemy and the devil has the upper hand. No, the authority belongs to the church. And the only reason the devil's allowed to run rampant and do what he wants to do is because of a prayerless church that has no power to push back his antichrist agenda and system. But there is coming a generation. You know, I'm not one of these people that just rags on the church and, and has this like doom and gloom mindset about everything. But I believe that God's turning the church back to a prayer mindset so that we can be full of power to walk in the authority that Christ has given to us. And so that's why we pray in the Holy Ghost. That's what praying in the Spirit can bring. Um, in closing, I want to go to Ephesians chapter 6 because this is the last text for today. And it really goes along with what I was talking about because praying in the Spirit will give you an alert to know and discern the seasons and the times in which you live. You don't have to be oblivious to what's going on or what God's doing, but one of the ways that we can access the plan and the uh, agendas of God is by being connected to the Spirit and praying in the Spirit. So listen to this in Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18. The Bible says, in verse, I'm going to just begin in verse 17. I'll, I'll, I'll read from verse 12 because it's about the armor of God, but the, really the key verse is the last verse. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, and I'm going to read till verse 18. The Bible says, We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. Notice how he's saying in the evil day. That's where we're living right now, believe me. We're living in the most evil of days that have ever been. And having done all to stand firm, stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in, change, in chains, and that I may declare it boldly, as I ought to. So, once again, a lot there, but understand that when you pray in the Spirit, you build yourself up 
and you put on the armor of God to be strengthened for the fight. And so, at the end of Ephesians 6, Paul writes and he says, you should be praying in the spirit at all times to keep you alert, to make you understand what's going on in the generation that you live, that you're not caught off guard because you understand that you're living in an evil day. You're living in an evil time. You're living in a time where things are happening just like in the days of Noah, which Jesus prophesied would be a sign that he'd be returning soon. And what was happening in the days of Noah? Violence at all-time highs, sin at all-time highs, people losing their mind, humanity you know, collapsing in on itself. And Paul writes in Ephesians 6, and he says that when you pray in the Spirit at all times, you keep yourself alert, that when you pray in the Spirit, there's a discerning gift that comes to you because you understand and you're not ignorant of the time in which you live in. Don't be like most Christians that are just oblivious to what's going on and they're more concerned about the NFL or the NBA playoffs or, you know, the, a TV show that they like. You know, they spend all this time and all this energy into things that don't matter and then they get caught off guard and they fall to sleep because they don't understand the time and the day in which they live. But that will not be the case for the Christian that understands what is praying in the Spirit and prays in the Spirit at all times, that every day you make it a priority to set time apart to get in the Spirit and build up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost. Don't allow this time to lull you to sleep and make the devil catch you unawares and you know g gain a foothold in your life because you weren't equipped and armored up by praying in the Spirit and being empowered to have authority and victory over every tactic and strategy of an antichrist agenda that's trying to sweep this earth right now. Fear will not be a part of you, for God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's your promise, according to the word of God today. And when you pray by the spirit, you lay hold and gain access to what God wants you to walk by. And what he wants you to walk by is faith. And how do you build your faith? Jude one twenty by praying in the Spirit, by praying in the Holy Ghost. So I really hope this blessed you today. I hope you got some you know, good notes and principles of what is praying in the Holy Ghost. Why does it happen? Well, the Holy Ghost fell at Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, confirming the prophecy of Jesus in John chapter 7, giving us a source of unending life and power of living water that dwells on the inside of you that you have access to by praying in the Holy Ghost. That praying in the Holy Ghost builds you up, gives you the faith to encounter every obstacle of life and defeat it by the power that lives in you. Uh, stay tuned because it's going to be a great weekend. Uh, I'll be posting about it, sharing uh, pictures and and photos and, and, and videos of what God does this weekend in Grand Prairie, Texas. Uh, pray for me as I go. And uh, once again, the website's live and on there and uh, new content's coming to that to the website soon. And if you feel led to give uh, to this ministry as I, not we, as I go and uh, first full year out of Bible school trying to do what God uh, placed on my heart to do since I was a little boy and, and just walking by faith and what he is uh, open, opening doors for me to walk in. And if you feel led as we as I take the gospel out and 
and having, you know, out, you know, meetings in church buildings when a lot of people are closed down and you feel to partner with the ministry, I feel, I want you to go to PrestonShuttlesworth.com and you can partner there. And I realize now as I'm talking that I need to change the outro for this podcast because I think the lady says our, our upcoming website. So I need to get a new one that says go to our website, which is now live. So I hope uh, you're having a, you know, a blessed day. And I hope that you're getting what you need to from today's episode. And I encourage you to go to the website and uh, partner with the ministry if you feel led to. Uh, pray for me as I travel this weekend. Pray that miracles would happen for God's people. God is not finished with this generation. He's not finished with you. There's something that God has in store for you by the end of this year that will blow your mind. Don't allow natural circumstance and an antichrist agenda and fear to grip your heart, but stand firm and walk by faith, and you'll receive and understand that God's doing exactly what he has planned for you. I want you to know today that I love you, God loves you, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Preston Shuttlesworth Audio Podcast. To stay connected with Preston and for booking information, make sure to follow him on social media on Instagram and stay tuned for our upcoming ministry website. For more episodes, please subscribe and make sure to come back here every Friday for brand new weekly content.